So we'll start in three, two, one. Hello there and welcome everyone to I Know You with Derek and Jamie, a podcast where two friends recommend movies, comics, and TV shows in an attempt to predict the other's reactions. The theme for today's episode is Forgotten Gems of the 2010s. I'm Derek and my choice today is Our Idiot Brother. And I'm Jamie. And my recommendation for today is Carol. But also on today's show, we'll be watching the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong and do a live reaction. And don't forget to stick around because after our discussions, we have some mini games. Oh, yeah. Gotta stick around for that. Before we jump into it, why don't we start off with some real in-depth introduction? Seeing this is our very first episode. So uh, do you want to start it off? Or do you want me to start Go it off? Go for it. All right. So Jamie and I are long life. Well, not lifetime friends. Long friends, long good friends. (laughs) Not yet. Gonna be, hopefully. We're six years and counting. Six years? Really? I guess, yeah. So about six and a half years ago, we met in college and we were both media studies majors. And the first couple times we met, we let's just say we weren't sober. (laughs) So anytime we saw each other, we just looked at each other and yelled, I know you. I know you. And this was literally everywhere. Like if we were invited to the same party because we had the same group of friends, it was, I know you, if we ran into each other at the bars, we would just stop talking to whoever we were talking, point at (laughs) each other and go, I know you. I know you. Like even across rooms and stuff. It was great. And yeah, uh, now we're both graduated. A long time ago. God, I graduated five (laughs) years ago. (laughs) I'm only three years ago. Well, two actually two. No, because I graduated at the end of 2018. So I'm still good. And yeah, we decided let's put our skills to work. So we decided to whip up a podcast for you great listeners out there. Yeah. And I mean, a little flashback. This isn't our first podcast titled I Know You. No, it is not. In college, we tried to do podcasting and only got like, what, three episodes in? I think three episodes Yeah, and that in, was yeah. when we lived together. Yeah, we lived together. Oh, yeah, we, we lived together. <laughs> We were roommates for one year. Many stories will come from that. Oh my God, so many. Not not for now. You will have to wait and listen to hear those. So we got about three episodes of that in, and that was just more movie news. Pop culture. It wasn't really like an actual idea. It was just, let's just shoot the shit. Yeah, and hopefully some people will listen to it. Exactly. No one did. No, no, no one did. Hopefully this time will be different. All right. Well, are you ready to get into it? Or do you want to explain exactly how the show works? Let's give just a quick what we are and what we're doing. So like in the beginning, we said that we're recommending each other movies, comics, TV shows, just media. And in doing so, we're also going to try to guess the other's reaction to said media. And we'll have, do we want to explain the rating score or not? The rating system now? Yeah, why not? I think so. Yeah. We are going to rate each piece of media on three categories. The first is objective competence, which it will be like the technique, the technical skill and craft actually used to make the film. And that'll be like A through F. And then we got personal enjoyment, how much you personally like the film. That's one through 10. And then we got the rewatchability fact, which is one through five. So though we're going to each guess what the other is going to rate their film and then whoever's closer will know the other one better and we're gonna see who knows you better do i know derek better or does derek know me better we're gonna find out that's what this show is about and then we're also gonna sometimes talk about some pop culture news maybe some actual news uh and play a couple fun mini games all along the way yeah it's just gonna be an experiment we're having fun right we're trying to have
have fun, use our skills, stay sharp while giving you listeners out there an enjoyable experience in this crazy, crazy world. Yes. So I am going to start off the entire show. This is exciting. This is our very first movie. What was your first suggestion, Jamie? It was Carol. Now I'll give you all the info on the movie in a second, but I'm going to give my guesses for what Derek rated this movie. So what I think he chose for objective competence was a B, as in boy, because I mean, beautiful film. Personal enjoyment, however, I'm going to say it was only a five because I just don't think this is Derek's kind of movie. And then the rewatchability, since it's one through five, I'm going to give him a two. I'm going to say he's not going to say I'm never watching it again. But if someone else puts it on, he might sit and watch it. So those are my guesses. I'm locking it in. All right. She's locking it in and she will find out how close she was after we found out about the movie and how we felt. Jamie, take it away. All right. So Carol was a 2015 film directed by Todd Hayes. It starred Kate Blanchett as Carol. Rooney Mara is Therese. And it also had Sarah Paulson, Kyle Chandler, and Jake Lacey in there. Uh, it was nominated for six Oscars. And it's actually an adaptation of the 1952 novel, The Price of Salt by Patricia Highsmith. And fun fact, it's kind of based on a true story. Patricia worked in the department store and she had a flirty encounter with a blonde lady in a mink coat. So she wrote a quick eight page outline and eventually the novel. I did not know that. I knew it was based on a book. I didn't know it was based on a semi true story. True semi true story or semi based on a true story. Actually, we should say. So the summary for Carol, it is set in New York City in the 1950s. An aspiring female photographer, Therese, works at a department store. She meets Carol, who is Christmas shopping for her daughter. After a brief flirty encounter and a forgotten glove, they reconnect. Carol is going through a difficult divorce with Harge. She confides in her close friend and former lover, Abby. And Therese is in a long-term relationship with Richard, with whom she feels no real connection. Carol and Therese develop a fast bond that becomes a love with complicated consequences. All right. And so discussion commits. <laughs> so my thoughts on this film, I can describe this film for me in two words. And those words are boring and pretentious. Uh, I did not like this movie. I knew it. <laughs> I know, Jamie, we were talking earlier, right before the episode, that we don't want to try to riff on too many movies in the first couple episodes. But unfortunately, you did not pick the right movie for that because, oh my God, did, I didn't like hate this film, but it just nothing really hooked me in it. Honestly, like, go ahead. It's definitely like you have to like drama movies because a lot of drama movies that I enjoy are like this. Period pieces are like this for me. I love them. I do enjoy drama films, many dramas, but like like Sideways, which is kind of a more drama D, is one of my favorite, if not my favorite films. See, but that's a drama D, not a drama. When you want something that has no comedy and you just want to feel, this is that movie for when you just want to pay attention and you want to appreciate the art. When you want to feel hatred for the main character, for the titular character, that's what this movie is for. I hated Carol. I hated Carol. Honestly, like I understood what she was going through, but I didn't understand her decisions at all. She's a woman dealing with learning her sexuality at a later stage in life. No, she wasn't learning her sexuality. I didn't see it as learning her sexuality. She knew what her sexuality was because she had a relationship with Abby. So she knew what her sexuality was. It was Rooney Mara's character who didn't really know what her sexuality was. And to me, I saw it more as not Carol and Therese falling in love 
love, but as Carol kind of using and manipulating Rooney Mara. I don't know. I saw it as Carol not, Carol was not over Abby and she just, and she wanted to kind of relive when she was like young and in love. That's what I think Carol was doing. And when I you watch like it, it, she, to me, her and Abby were definitely over. They were best friends to begin with. Abby was over them. I agree that Abby was over them, but I don't think Carol was. I think she was because Carol was really the one who pursued Therese and talked to Abby about it. And if you were like not over someone, you wouldn't do that. No, but even no, she didn't even know what she's doing. There's a scene where even Abby's like, I hope you know what you're doing, Carol. And Carol goes, I don't. Yeah, but that's not in relation to how she feels about Abby. I know. But she's not going to outright say that to Abby. I, she didn't know what she was doing because she didn't know why she was following or chasing Therese. I think that comment was more so because Abby was like, I hope you know what you're doing because you're dealing with a divorce and your husband is like paying attention to you and like that, watching that you. Like, you need to make sure you're careful. And she's like, do you know what you're doing? And she's like, no, she's just going with her feelings. She likes Therese and she's just going for it. Okay, like, I think she didn't know what her feelings for Therese were. I don't think she knew if it was a good idea to do it then. But she wanted to chase what feelings towards Therese were. Because in that conversation that Abby and Carol have, Abby talks about how she's also pining after someone else or going after another woman but she said like no carol i can't do this with you because i have to go after i'm going after this woman where carol's also carol's like i'm going after this much younger woman and she's like i hope you know what you're doing and she's like i don't so i'm like oh that's where i get that you can disagree but that's how i and that really would you have felt the same if carol was a man i would have felt more creeped out would you feel more creeped out if Therese was a man? Slightly more, yeah. What? Was it the age gap? Yeah, it was an age the gap. The age gap couldn't have been more than like 15 years, 10, 15 years. Look it up. Hold up. We're going to go on the ages of the of the actresses. Can we do that? I want to go that. Let's see what that is. Okay. Kate Blanchett, 69. Nice. Nice. And Rooney Mara. Okay. 16 years. Boom. 85. That's just the actor's age. That's not the story. And the story, it seems like Therese is in her early 20s and Carol seems like she's early 30s. Like no, like older than 35. Carol seems 40s. Hey, Carol seems like 40s. Really? She has like an eight-year-old daughter. And in that day and age, that okay, that age of a woman, you get married young and then you have the Carol's kid. also much more well off than uh, Therese Yeah, I know. Was. Did you think she was much more established? Sugar mama vibes from Carol. (laughs) A little bit. Exactly. And like also reasoning for this that like she drives Therese to her place out in like the suburbs or the country for that eat for that like thank you evening. And then she makes her ride the train home. I know there was a stressful moment, but like that's kind of a dick move. And then when she finds out that her daughter might she might not get custody of her daughter, obviously an emotional moment. And anyone would probably have an extreme reaction to that but her reaction was to grab this woman that she barely knows and to go on a cross-country road trip with no destination well she wasn't planning on seeing her daughter for weeks because the her husband harge took her daughter to florida right before christmas to see the grandparents not to see her grandparents harge's mom (laughs) decided last minute to go to florida for the holidays and harge 
took the daughter early and said they were going to be gone for a while. But it didn't seem like the daughter. Well, on that, Harge, I will say I did like how hard they didn't make Harge like a villain. Like he was still very relatable. He still and understandable. loved Carol. And was, right. He still loved Carol and he, he still loved uh, yeah. their daughter, which I was glad because they could have so easily just made him like a one dimensional kind of bad guy. And they did. Which I mean, is like what they that. did at the end of the film when they're in the litigation for right. custody. And she was that like, scene, we're I really like not ugly. ugly. This is good. If this goes to court, it's going to get ugly. And where I love that line. Like that line gave me chills and I really liked it. I didn't like I said, I didn't hate this film. It just, it never hit me. And honestly, you know what it was? It was the opening scene. The op- You know how the opening scene is the like one of the ending scenes in this? It opens with Carol and Therese at dinner and with the oh, guy yeah. recognizing Therese. And then Therese leaves with the guy to go to a party. And then it cuts to technically like months ago or potentially like a year ago. It never really says how long the exact time frame, but with no indication that there was a time jump. And it's not for like another five, 10 minutes that I figure out that, oh, we went back in time. So I was spent the first like 15 of this minutes confused with no solid foundation of what exactly was happening when i'm like is this a weird like kinky thing that's going on okay like people are into that no shame but i'm like okay where's this going i'm like oh no we did a time jump okay you wish they had said previously or six months ago or like six months earlier yes something like that or like giving her a wildly different hairstyle like a wildly longer hair or a lot wildly shorter hair so to really indicate that time had passed but i also think that the um some of the dialogue just sounded a bit too modern and it was sounded like the screenplay was just written with modern dialogue and then they kind of went over it and sprinkled a few fifty slangs in there that I don't know just like the, the like the OGs and the what was it the swells just kind of seemed out of place like the actors didn't really commit to those I don't know if I could ever commit to a swell <laughs> It's hard, but they like we're not actors. Speak for yourself. Currently, we're performers, (laughs) but we're not actors. Oh, okay. But I will say, yeah, it was beautifully shot. It looked amazing. There was a great score that, like, it's not really going to stick with me. The score, like, I'm not really going to remember it or listen to it. But it was great. And of course, with a cast like this, the performances were amazing. Like I said, especially that last scene, Carol Blanchett brings it, and she's just oh, Carol Blanchett, (laughs) Kate Blanchett. (laughs) Brings it. They're the same person. And like that last room in the in the lawyer's office was just chilling. Rooney Mara was great. I love. Did Kyle you like Chandler. the acting? Then? Like almost everything. I like the acting, except I didn't. I can't take Jake Lacey seriously because he's plop. Since he was plop, it's in always the office. plop. Yeah, he is exactly. stuck as that character of plop. <laughs> I couldn't even take him seriously in Rampage, the Dwayne Johnson giant gorilla movie. I I couldn't take him seriously in that. I've seen him in several movies and I just look at him and I'm like, it's plop. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, I don't. Yeah, I know. It's hard to get around that. But other than that, the acting, I feel like was good. Sarah Paulson was really good. Like when Carol leaves Therese in the hotel room and you wake up Mm -hmm. and Abby is there. Just sitting sitting there, there. like how she said when Teresa was like, is she gone? And Abby's like, yeah. And she's like, hands her the 
give like gives her the note at the diner and everything, just like Sarah Paulson dealing with Carol's fuck up there. Felt like it wasn't the first time she'd done that. I agree. Felt like this is something Carol I does agree. to people. And that was made me not like Carol. And I get it. This was important. But like, that's why you don't just go on a road trip with someone you barely know with no destination and not telling anyone where you're going. But they didn't know where they were going. <laughs> that's the point. You didn't even tell anyone where that you were going, I know. at least. Do you think that if Carol hadn't left her glove, do you think, first of all, do you think she did it on purpose, leaving her glove there? Yeah, probably. Do you think if she hadn't have left her glove that Therese would have gone to Europe with Richard and married Richard? Or do you think she would have found a way out of that? Because she's uh, a very passive person, Therese was. I think she might have, but I don't think that was, I don't think she necessarily wasn't like, I don't know, they didn't really give us that much of a glimpse into their relationship. And the only like fight they showed us was when Rooney Mara was like, oh, I'm going off with this road trip with this woman I never met. And he was upset. And she's like, why are you upset? And I'm like, why do you think he's upset? <laughs> like, he has every right to be upset right now. I don't know. His character, Richard, seemed just like. He was a little white yeah. bread. Yeah. He seemed demanding and very in the toxic masculinity kind of vibe. Like that's the vibe I got from him was toxic masculinity. And then Therese was a very passive young woman who just like was like, okay, I'm dating this man. Okay, I see my future is being married to this guy now. Like off of that. So I agree with that mostly. But it brings me back to one of like my one of my final points, which I would have liked the movie more had it not ended how it ended. Had it not ended with it basically insinuating that Therese and Carol get back together or will continue a relationship of some kind. Do you think she made the right decision in the end? I don't think so. Because I think, I don't think she should regret her time with Carol. Because I think, like you said, it made her from more of a passive observer to more of like an active character in her life. You know, an active participator in her life. And I think that was good for her. I think that's what she needed. But I don't think she needed Carol anymore. And I think Carol would actually probably just do more harm than good in her life. Yeah, I disagree with that. I think when Therese was at the party, she obviously did didn't feel comfortable around those people. She didn't give those people a chance. A lot of them were her old friends from her old relationship with Richard. She knew those people. She just didn't. It didn't seem like she felt comfortable around them. But none of them were like anything but like the nicest. Yeah, to but her. I've been in that situation where when I first started dating Matt, who is now my husband, I would go and hang out around his friends, and sure they were nice, but I did not feel comfortable around them, and I wouldn't okay. choose to I be guess. around them. Okay. I get that. Not all his friends, because I'm still friends with a lot of them. Like, some of you are awesome. I love you guys. I'm one of your husband's friends. We were actually freshman roommates. So did you not feel comfortable? Shut up. I knew you before I started dating Matt. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you did. All right. Okay. So I really want to know your rating of this movie. Okay. Oh, I had one question for you you wanted to ask. Do you think Blanchette or Amara should have won? They were nominated for Best Performances. Should they? Have won. Who are they up against? That's a very good question. I don't know. So, like, look at like 2016 Oscars. The nominees were Brie Larson for The Room, Kate Planchett for Carol, Jennifer Lawrence for Joy, Charlotte Ramping for 45 Years, and Shersha Ronan for Brooklyn. That was in the lead role. And then supporting role, Alicia Vikander for Danish Girl, Jennifer Jason Lee for The Hateful Eight, Rooney Mara for Carol, Rachel McAdams for Spotlight, and Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs. The winners were Alicia Vikander and Brie Larson. I didn't see The Danish Girl, but I have seen The Room and I've seen this and I definitely think Brie Larson deserved that win. Oh, God, yeah. That was the year that we watched, tried to watch all of the best nominees. Because we watched Room. Yeah. yeah, Brie Larson definitely needed to win that one. So no, I don't think Kate Blanchett 
it. I think that was the right decision of Brie Larson winning. And then who won against Rooney Mara? Alicia Vikander from The Danish oh, Girl. Oh, God, brilliant. Which I've heard nothing like, but good oh things. Oh, my God, that was okay. a brilliant movie and she deserved that. Yeah. So, no, you don't think no. they should have won. <laughs> they were great. I'm glad they were nominated. Tough year. Tough year. Yeah. All right. So my my yes. rating. So for objective competence, uh, you want to remind us what your guess was again? My guess for yours was objective competence B. It was an A minus. So you're two. I didn't off. know we were doing pluses and minuses. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oops. I thought that would give it a little more, a little more edge, a little more difficulty. We don't want to make it too easy on us. All right. Personal enjoyment. I believe you said a five. I did four out of 10. Ah. I was actually in between three and four. And I ended with four because of the cinematography and the visuals and the uh, most of the performances. Your eyes enjoyed it, but your ears did not. <laughs> exactly. And then rewatchability. I believe you said two out of five. Yep. And I said one out of five. I got nothing right. I was one off on everything. Yep. One off. So on average, you were one off. I think that's how we, we should. We're still kind of figuring out the scoring system. Or even if it matters, but I think we'll just average out what the uh, difference. So your average is one because that's exactly how far off you were for each one. Every single one. I was one above (laughs) for enjoyment and rewatch and one below for objective competence. Well, I guess that leads us to my suggestion this week, which was Our Idiot Brother. Our Idiot Brother, for those of you who don't know, is a 2011 film directed by Jesse Peretz and starring Paul Rudd as Ned, Zoe Deschanel, Elizabeth Banks, and Emily Mortimer as his three sisters, and then a whole other cast of colorful characters such as Katherine Hahn, TJ Miller, Adam Scott... There's a bunch of people in this movie and some of them very small roles. Steve Coogan, a lot of people. But the summary for this Do you want to give film, your guess oh, first? I just really, yeah, I just realized I didn't give my guess. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like I said, this is the first episode. We're working out the kinks. Okay. So my guess for Jamie for uh, this film is for objective competence, I think you'll give it a B. For personal enjoyment, I think you gave it a 7 out of 10. And for the rewatchability factor, I think you gave it a 3 out of 5. Okay, now on to the summary. When easygoing and overly trusting Ned finds himself jobless and homeless after being released from prison for a minor drug offense, he must rely on his three sisters for support. But this quickly throws the sisters' carefully curated lives into chaos. This, uh, I guess we should ask with, uh, what did you think of the film, Jamie? It was a feel, not, I wouldn't say a feel-good movie, because it was also a feel-bad movie. A lot of things in it annoyed me. Oh, no. Like, oh, like what? Like, Ned isn't an idiot. And the fact that his sisters just treated him, like, I understand the whole thing of it, that they're, they were going through stuff and they were being mean to their brother. That just annoyed me because I have sibling issues. (laughs) So. (laughs) That got on my nerves, like especially the charade scene. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get back to that scene later. But that just annoyed me. Like, he's such a nice guy. They're all assholes. Like his ex-girlfriend's an asshole. The sisters are assholes. And yet you see him interact with complete strangers. And he's so nice to them and they get along so well. Yeah. Oh, I think that's the point of the film is that you got to be more like Ned. Like 
the people that were like Ned, like you kind of, they came off like TJ Miller was like, they kind of hinted that TJ Miller was basically the exact same person as Ned, you know, just a little different. And he was also just super chill and easygoing. I don't know. I just love this movie. I love, and it probably comes from my love of Paul Rudd, but it's just such an easygoing, chill It was chill just Paul film. Rudd playing a hippie version of Paul Rudd. Oh, heck yes. 100% and I'm here for it. I am 100% here that he okay let me just say that i want to go to that farmer's market that in the very first scene of the movie oh the first scene i want to say i want the farm that he and katherine hahn slash tj miller eventually has like that little farmhouse that they have like what they don't have like a big farm but they just got a nice it's little a homestead growing area yeah a homestead exactly i want that i don't know where this took place but it was like a nice little like medium-sized town i thought it took place in new york because they were in new york city his mom lived on Long Island. And so that was in the country of New York, like in, not in the city. Okay. Okay. Speaking of the farm, how dare Ned's ex-girlfriend do that? How dare she? He worked there longer. And first of all, they were together three years and she couldn't wait a few months for him to get out of jail or even let him know that she was with someone else. That was fucked. I know that was fucked, but that's the point. Like people were just taking advantage of him. I think like Part of the point of the movie was, at least for me, yeah, you got to like sometimes be trusting and optimistic, but also don't let yourself get taken advantage of at the same time, you know? Like he eventually like goes back, kind of reclaims the dog, reclaims TJ Miller. <laughs> they become candle bros. It's great. Who doesn't want that life? Yeah, that just annoyed me how they treated him like an idiot. And he's just, he's not an idiot. That was my big thing. It just got on my nerves. Right. No, I get that. A hundred percent get that. Speaking on that though, that all kind of comes to a head, I feel like, for the scene with charades. But I wanted to get your opinion on the specific scene where Elizabeth Banks and so de Chanel they're all like talking about how Steve Coogan's having an affair and they start they start telling her sister like well maybe if you dress better he wouldn't have cheated on you and they distinctly use the word like if you didn't look so unfuckable <laughs> what are your thoughts on that scene was that like this the one that made you want to scream the most no or? No. no so that scene it annoys me when they were victim blaming and that's not okay but also they were playing devil's advocate and in that exact right. moment in time was not okay later down the road after she's left him after they've consoled her after she's moved on maybe right. but not in the moment they literally told her that her husband was having an affair right no exactly I think again it just paints them it just kind of shows how dysfunctional the family was that's siblings <laughs> you have enough siblings uh, yeah. <laughs> I have the sibling issues like that and then how they treat it like their relationship as sisters they had like their own sibling thing and then Ned was like the outsider to them even though they're all siblings they're all brothers and sisters but they treated Ned as though he was right. an outsider there was right. so much gaslighting it annoyed oh, me yeah. so much from Steve Coogan Steve Coogan was doing so much like he was like gaslighter like seriously the entire time literally from the moment I first saw Saw him at the dinner table, the first dinner Ned had back with his family. I hated oh, yeah. the guy. I was like, this fucker, he, I hate you. <laughs> he plays assholes so I well. know. He plays such good assholes. I want to meet him in real life and see if he's like, like actually an asshole or like, a, I feel like he's a really cool dude and really nice guy, but he just has that great asshole quality about it. Ooh. I just remembered. What did you think of Rashida Jones costume design? 
hated it oh my so god so much the, the giant yeah 70s glasses boyish ugly like middle school boy clothes which i don't like i like the tops weren't bad but then she would wear like cut off jeans like like jean caprine's jorts i'm like what are you wearing her, i hated it you're a lawyer what are you I wearing know. i loved her character like, though they literally should i liked her character and i like rashida jones but they could like wouldn't have been the only way they could have been more obvious if they took like a big rubber stamp and just stamped <laughs> lesbian on her forehead oh also i can't believe we haven't talked about adam scott what do you think of adam scott I love in the adam film? scott he's so like i always forget he's in this film every time i watch it and then he appears and i'm like oh yeah to me nice it adam felt scott. like he was playing the same character from friends with kids it's not a good film i don't like that oh film i love that all. movie but like it's the same film he plays a best friend to the woman and they eventually get in a relationship together like they live in the same building that's like <laughs> yeah but they don't do a stupid thing like let's have kids as no, friends no i know but it's this <laughs> He lives in the same building as his best friend woman and literally answers the phone during sex and like helps her out whenever he can. And that's what he does in Friends with Kids. So I was just like, is this him like prepping for that movie? Because I feel like that movie came out around the exact same time as this. <laughs> I picked another role to prep for this role. Friends with Kids came out in 2011, <laughs> the exact same time as, as our idiot brother. So yeah, he was just like, easy. I've already prepped for this. I'll do this other film where I have to act the exact same way. But it was a good movie. I just didn't like the gaslighting. The charade scene, like it made me crazy cry that's the only scene in the movie that made me cry but that made me cry oh, yeah. so bad they treated him like shit i guess that's how some siblings are they just making fun of family is not okay and then egging them on when they're getting emotional is such a dick move i know and i hate when like siblings can't or when people in general just oh i'm too cool to play this game or i'm, I'm a of playing exactly. this like fam- doing this family thing i'm like come on just even if you like you have even if there's like tension within a family can't we all just like pretend to get along just for a night kind of thing it hurt my yeah. heart how like when he yelled at him and he was like just play the game i just want to play a game with my family yeah and just want to play charades that broke my heart for him and then like he got arrested again and <laughs> all that stuff happened darling k brown I love Sterling K. Brown. He's in this. so good. I loved how they like showed that like one, I think the film kind of showed that the parole like system and like the return rate for prisoners is like so high because like the system's not really designed for rehab mm-hmm. people. It's just designed to like, you know, churn them in and out. But like, cause you can see like Sterling K. Brown, he was devastated that he had to arrest Paul Rudd. Like he was upset about it. He didn't want to be the bad guy, but it was the law. He was just doing his job. I know it was his sister's faults though. They stressed him out and made him feel so bad that he had to go smoke one down the street with the kid. Yeah, I loved how he just treated him like he's a therapist. He's like, yeah, man, this is cool. I like this. Like, he's such a good guy. He just trusts and he just wants everyone to be happy. Like, how can you not love him? Uh, we haven't talked about Zoe Deschanel yet. She pissed me off so much this movie. She Rashida yeah, Jones she great. should not have come back. No, I will say like it was it's Emily Mortimer. That's the only one that's a little like redeemable. Yeah, because she is literally dealing with a husband who is gaslighting her and verbally abusive and all those kinds of things. Like emotionally abusive. Yeah, just terrible. So like you feel for her. Like one of my favorite quotes was when Paul Rudd was talking to the artist guy who Zoe Deschanel eventually sleeps with and where he was like, has she always been a lesbian? He's like, no, she's just always been like sexual. And then he goes, she even slept with our cousin. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) 
I'd like to make the argument really quick that this is a really a story about how a dog is a man's best friend. Just like give him yeah. a fucking dog. <laughs> the only reason why I could kind of justify her trying to keep the dog, not trying to keep the farm or whatever. That was completely uncalled for. But trying to keep the dog was if he doesn't have a permanent residence and that farm was like wonderful for a dog. And they never like it never insinuated that they like abuse the dog. Like the dog still had yeah. a good life and still probably loved the other two people but no yeah he should definitely they he should have had his dog uh willie nelson I know. how did you like the ending did you think it was super cheesy that he ran into a woman a hippie woman who had a dog yeah. named dolly parton i loved it i'm like yes did you see the alternative ending to that movie no i haven't i didn't even know there was yeah, an alternative. i looked I, it up because there was those scenes at the end the blue there's bloopers during the real oh yeah and Paul Rudd had yeah. short hair in that and i was like what so i looked up to oh, see yeah. if there was an alternative ending and there is and it's the what is it called when the jewish family snips a bris when they yeah. circumcise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Abris is yeah, the ceremony. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a ceremony for Zoe Deschanel's kid. And Paul Rudd oh. was there. And there was a couple of scenes that they had cut out. And then that was basically the ending was um, Billy came to pick Paul Rudd up. And they were driving. And they were just talking about the most random stuff. That, I feel like I have seen that. Like, maybe the first time I watched it, I saw that and, like, looked it up. But I didn't I didn't on the rewatch. I didn't on this rewatch. So, but yeah, I know I like the ending i like like gave him a little hope because now his life's kind of like it's back to where it started before he's making prison. candles he's with right. nelson he's got now he's got you know partner again it's yeah. all good it's all happy good ending. okay so on to your rating all right so for objective competence what did you rate it uh, I gave you a B. I thought you were going to do a B. I gave it a B minus, which I guess I was doing minuses and pluses. <laughs> so okay. I had a B minus. All right. All right. All right. So I'm still off by what one. What was personal enjoyment? Your guess? Seven out of ten. Mine was actually an eight out of ten. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Oh, dang it. I, I thought maybe eight, but I don't know. I always feel like sometimes people are nervous to go too high or too no, low. No, this was a good movie. On the first review. It was. I agree. I agree. I'd probably rank it around an eight. Yeah, probably an eight. Or 8.5 if we do 0.5. So I'm not sure if we do. But if we do, 8.5. <laughs> no decimals. That'll just get too intense. I'll be like, <laughs> that was a 7.69496722. Well, if we did decimals, we do like just <laughs> 0.5s. Like just not, not everything. Uh, I give it a pie to the 10th power thing. I'm sorry. Thank my answer was a pie to the 12th. Oh, dang it. So close. All right. Uh, and rewatchability, I guessed three out of five. Three out of five. Oh, You got snap. one on the head. <laughs> I think, wait. No, you won. My calculations. Hold up. My calculations are correct. I think I won. I think that means Derek knows Jamie better this week. All right. Well, I think that means we move on to our next segment, which as Jamie teased uh, in the beginning, we're going to do a live trailer reaction for the Godzilla versus Kong trailer coming to theaters and HBO Max. Yeah, and this isn't always going to be it. So every podcast, we're going to have like a mini segment. It'll change up all the time. We'll have a movie trailer review like we do this week. We'll have pop culture news. We'll have special segments that we'll get to like later on. Right. There are a lot of ideas. Oh, yeah. Lots of ideas. We thought maybe taking questions from you guys. But for now, we're going to watch a trailer and we'll be right back. We need Kong. The world needs him. It's Godzilla. These are dangerous times. Godzilla 
out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. Kong bows to no one. And we're back. Wow. I can't wait, y'all. It looks so freaking good. I want to see a monkey and a lizard fight. I for sure will not be watching this movie. What? You're... Let me just say, I am say terrified that? of giant creatures. And to have two what? different giant creatures. Like, I can't watch Jurassic Park. Wait, wait, wait. You haven't I've seen, seen Jurassic it, Park? But I don't like it. I don't like watching it. Have you seen recent Godzilla or Kong films? I saw the King Kong in like 2004 with Jack Black. Oh, that and Peter it scared Jackson me. one. No. Oh, that means I got films for two. Uh, I got films to suggest. Here we go. Ooh, maybe when that comes out, maybe I'll make you watch one. So Matt is going to be driving down to your place and punching you because oh. I'm going to be having <laughs> nightmares and won't be able to sleep and be keeping him up. It, okay. Well, it's an epic movie. That is the category I would put it into is an epic movie. It also seems like they just cast any well-known actor they could put into it. No one's going in it for the actual human characters. No one get, No one gives a fuck about them. We're going to see Godzilla fight King Kong. That's what we want to see. That's what we want to see. Also, could you imagine living in a world with Godzilla and King Kong? Right. How terrifying would that world be? I wouldn't live anywhere near any major city ever. Like, what do you do? What do you do? You don't do anything. You just sit back and hope you're far enough away that you can enjoy the show. Like the the scene where Godzilla is like blasting his laser mouth cannon at Kong and Kong like grabs it and throws it back at him. Imagine being in one of the skyscrapers right there like, what the fuck? Oh, you should. Okay, so in the last film, uh, Godzilla King of Monsters, I just rewatched it this weekend actually with my family. And there's a point where Godzilla has absorbed so much radiation that when he walks through the city, like the buildings now next to him are just melting from the radiation. I'm just like, yeah, it's a great moment in the film. It's so awesome. I grew up on the Godzilla movies. I love them so much and I can't wait. I for don't this think film. I've ever seen any Godzilla movie. Uh, that means I got so many suggestions. We can go old Japanese. I don't think you'll be scared of those ones because it's like some of the older ones are clearly like a guy in a suit. It's awesome. And they're like, pick them up and like, and throw. it's great. I love it. All right. Well, that was our very first live reaction to a movie trailer what, what, what? What? hopefully you get some more mini segments on now the way now it's time for the most fun part of the podcast we each have mini-game. our own mini game for the other and we base it around the theme of episode and this week's theme was forgotten gems of the 2010s forgotten gems of the 2010s yep all right, and since I went first on the suggestions, I will let Derek go first in the mini game. Well, thank you, my lady. All right, so for this game, mini, my mini game is called Guess the Review. And in this game, I will read a review from the internet of a film, show, or comic, and my amazing co-host has to guess the film, show, or comic based on said review from the internet. Let's hope I've seen whatever you're suggesting, or at least know of it. Right, I've got, I have uh, three, three here for you. Are they of the same movie? No, no. I can give you a couple because I just have review pages pulled out. I can give you a couple for each one if you don't get it on the first. I actually got two especially for this first one. Okay, so here's the first review for the first film. Who knew me and Ryan Goosling had a screech in common when I stubbed my toe on the bathroom door? And then here's the second review for this film. Those guys sure were nice. The nice guys. It is the nice guys. (laughs) 
I'm not sure if that, I was afraid that one second one might give it away. It did. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it. I thought maybe it could just be like, uh, maybe it could just be any random people. Okay, here is the first review for the second movie. This one's just going to be a couple of them because some of these really aren't helpful. Here's the first one. Four and a half stars by Lucy. No offense, but Deadpool who? Okay, here is number two. Four and a half stars by Matt. Still feels fresh. Laugh out loud funny. Sends up the genre perfectly and Cage is excellent. Any guesses? Mm, is it a Ghost Rider sequel? Nope. Okay, here's another one. This one might give it away. Should have been called Hit Girl instead. Boy, what a blast. That was four and a half stars by Dirk H. Is it the Hitman? No. The movie is Kick-Ass. Oh, I didn't see it. Uh, came out in 2010. I, it was really big when it came out, and I think it kind of, people forgot about it. All right, and the last one, hopefully you've seen this one. It's a little more indie. Okay, here we go. By James, five stars. What the fuck, guys? This film came out right the fuck out of nowhere and totally blindsided me. I can barely even form coherent thoughts right now. It's that good. Frank in this film is that good. Any guesses? <laughs> you really expect me to go off. The only clue to the movie is you saying Frank was so good. It's literally the only clue in that entire bad review. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Here's another one by Brat. Three stars. You're going to hate me. I never know how to feel about quirky indie movies that call out privileged white boy behavior. By telling the story from the point of view of a sad privileged white boy, maybe it's a verse is the first 700 times, but was done by... <clears throat> oh, hold up. This part, it has clap emoji, so I'm going to do it. Maybe it was the verse of the first 700 times it was done, but now it's time to move on. That's three stars by Brat. So something about Frank, something about white boy privilege. The white boy privilege could be about so many movies in the 2010s. <laughs> I don't know. All right. This one, this is the last one. It's no help <sighs> at all, but I love it. Two and a half stars by David E. Ehrlich. Does anyone else get the sense that Maggie Gyllenhaal is trying to seduce me? <laughs> is Maggie Gyllenhaal in this movie? I can't remember. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fairly certain Maggie Gyllenhaal is in this movie. The only Maggie Gyllenhaal movie I can think of other than there's like The Kindergartner and then she was in The Dark Knight, right? She was in the Batman movie, mm -hmm. The Dark Knight. You remember Frank? Frank Batman. He was Frank so good Batman in that movie. Frank Batman is the best Batman. Frank Batman. Frank Batman. <laughs> Such a good movie. And she was definitely trying to seduce me in that movie. Oh, yeah. So that's a could get. It could be. No, this one is Frank. I've literally never heard of that movie. It's the one where Michael Fassbender wears the like giant head the entire time. And he's in a band. It's very it's a very Indian quirky movie. You'll probably remember it when you I see, see the, the poster, poster, but I don't remember it at all. Okay. I remember liking it enough. I remember being like, this is a fun little film. Quirky little film. One nice. out of three. Yeah, one out of three. All right. I did not do good. <laughs> this was a harder that mini was. game, but I like this one. Okay, so for the mini game I chose, where's this quote from? It's going to be 20 questions style, Ooh. but you only get five questions. Okay, so but you're going to give me the yes. quote. And it's from, I'm assuming, a forgotten gem of the 2010s. Okay, so I have four quotes to choose from. I want you to choose one, two, three, or four, because I can't decide which one. Ooh, give me three. Okay. Give me three. Number three. The quote is, I don't want your slutty money. Don't want your slutty money. Okay, and I get five questions. 
Um, let's think, let's think, let's think. I don't want your slutty money. I don't want your slutty money. <laughs> the emphasis doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it does, too. If you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable, <laughs> everything changes. No. Okay. So, oh God, I know I've heard that. I know I've heard it. Um, is it a movie that came out within the last five years? Can you make me look this up. I don't think so. No, definitely not. Okay. So it's 2010 to 2015. Okay. 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 Um, is this a man saying this to a woman? No. Is this a woman saying this to another yes. woman? Okay. Okay. That's three questions. <laughs> yep. Is this more of a comedy or a drama? More of a comedy with dramatic aspects. Okay. Um, that was question number four. Final question. Do you know if I have seen this? Movie? I am sure you have seen this. You're Not a hundred percent. I'd see? say like eighty-five percent sure you have seen this movie. Eighty-five percent. I don't want your slutty money. I don't want yours. Um, I'm all right. We're just gonna have to guess. I'm gonna guess. I don't think this was two thousand. Definitely wasn't two thousand tens. But for some reason, all I can think of is Showgirls. <laughs> that was in the nineties. I, <laughs> I know. I know. It was in two thousand tens. But that's all I can think of. Like, um, I'm trying to think of like what someone like. I'm trying to think of a movie where someone Magic Mike. Magic Wrong. Mike. Do you want another quote just so you can try and guess the other ones? Will you'll definitely get it from the other ones. Is it from this all awesome, the same movie? They're all from the same movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, give me one more. Okay, choose one, two, or four. Give me one. Will you take off your shirt? Fuck, seriously, it's like you're photoshopped. Mm, crazy yes. stupid love. <laughs> I love that fucking movie. That is, I knew, I knew I knew that line. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Now, I still can't picture. When is it? When is I don't want your slutty money? Uh, it's when Julianne Moore is trying to pay the babysitter. And oh, she's yeah. like, I don't want your slutty money. Yep, yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That is such a good film. That is definitely a forgotten gem of the yeah. 2010s. Yeah. All right. I think that's our show, guys. I think we, we did, did it. it. In this episode, we reviewed our idiot brother and Carol. The final score was tallied. I definitely won. I know Aww, Jamie womp, better. Womp. <laughs> next time well we want to start ending our shows with us reading reviews but since this is our very first episode we can't do that so please leave us a review wherever you listen to so we can read them five star review five star review (laughs) so we can read them in upcoming podcasts We're looking for five-star reviews, please. We'll take fours and maybe accept threes if they're nice. I'll accept any review. Just direct the bad ones towards Derek. I can handle it, but please, five. You can say whatever you want. Just give us a five-star review. Please. We need it. We need it so bad. Please. Uh, you can also uh, write to us at our email. I know you DJ podcast at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. I know you DJ podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at our Instagram at I know you pod or at Jamie's Instagram, which Jamie is Jamie Dura or me at big freaking geek. All one word. B-I-G-F-R-E-A-K-A-I-N-G-G-E-E-K. Big freaking geek. God, you said that so fast that it was just a lot of K's and G's. It's like, good God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was good. I read it. I read it. We got it. It's definitely 100% right. (laughs) I'll let you know in the edit. (laughs) I'll be like, you added an extra G. (laughs) Well, here, just, just, yeah, I'll just just start. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, O, M, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Now you don't have all the letters you can fix it in post just in case. You shouldn't have done that because I'm going to have you spelling out the weirdest stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We like to let you know what movies we're watching next week and for you to write us and let us know what you think the theme will be as well as 
your ratings on these movies if you've seen them or if you want to watch them with us. Or try to guess our ratings as well. To see how well you guys know us. Exactly. Probably not so well no, right now. probably not very well. But you'll get to you'll know get us. You'll get to know us so well. And then we'll see, you guys will see us and you'll point at us and go, I know you. And we'll go, get the fuck away from us. We don't know who you are. Help, Stranger somebody help. Stranger danger. Stranger <laughs> danger. I need an adult. I need, no, just kidding. We'll point back at you and say, I know you. If this podcast gets off the ground and goes somewhere. So the movies that we're going to be watching for the next episode are going to be Mowgli and Soul Surfer. So let us know what you think the theme is, who suggested which movie, and then the ratings. And we're going to post these podcasts every other Tuesday. So remember to come back and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to I Know You with Derek and Jamie. Until next time, everybody. I've been Derek. I'm Jamie. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Should we do that over? No, I love it. Especially with your laugh. That's just how it's going to end. Bye. <laughs> it's just good. <laughs> goodbye. And then you just start cracking up, and that's when you fade out. That's when it fades to black. And we're leaving this into because they know everything. <laughs> just kidding. Me. No, no. Bye again. Bye.